I hate Luke Cage. It's like he's like a bad spoken word artist. I will let the justice of Harlem bathe my eyes with the iniquities of. Shut up, fool. <laughs> he's a street poet. Whatever, dude. He's not a street poet. You know what's the worst is that in the new uh, the new trailer that just came out. They try to make it like more hood, like oh, yeah. they were like, yo, what's up, yo, what's Luke up? Cage? Yeah, come at me, bro. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, shut up. Then you just recast them with Michael B. Jordan, dude. No, imagine he's too small, dude. He's too small, dude. So was so he's was freaking little. Tom Hardy, dude. He's too little, dude. So was Tom. Actually, Tom Hardy, Hardy was huge in uh, with the fighter, but he's short he's, though. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's shorter. I thought that's he what you were talking about, that. but he can get buff, dude. <clears throat> yeah, dude. he can. No, just kidding. Actually, Michael B. Jordan and, and Luke Cage would be dope. Yeah. He actually were pretty good. Yeah. Dang, dude. <clears throat> just don't even argue with me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, sorry, dude. You didn't yeah. have a rebuttal for that. You didn't have a rebuttal for that, Jeez. Dude. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Beto Report. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Jeff. We got Jay. What up? We got Uno. Hola, amigos. Gotta- I just want to let you know that uh, I practice what I'm going to say to people before I ask them a question. <laughs> good. In my head. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why always you kind of like moving your lips? Like just yeah, kind of mumbling so a little bit? Like say like, let's say I'm at McDonald's, right? And I'm like, oh, I need more ketchup. I'm like walking to the counter. I'm like, excuse me, can I have some ketchup? I practice that in my head. And then I'm like, excuse me, can I have some ketchup? <laughs> How does that go? Does it work? It's like that. Like, well, it keeps ketchup? me from stuttering. Oh, okay. That's good. We'll, we'll see. Am I we'll the see only how one who does that. We'll see how that works out in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> see if he's stuttering or not in this episode. Hey, and weren't you the creator of Mbuku, Umbaka, Mbuku? <laughs> and, Russell, and Russell Sprouts. Yes, and Russell Sprouts and uh, Cap- see, why, see why I need to Cap- do it? Guys, we're deviating from Sorry. the focus. You're, you're the one that deviated here. The highlight. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest with special us Special guest. A very um, he's right. talented. Okay, he's okay. The Honorable. Mister, the, the Honorable. Noteworthy. Uh... Mr. Big Time now. Multi-talented. Yes. Multi-faceted. There were only George Valdez. Honorable. Well, honorable George Valdez. <laughs> George G. Valdez. Yeah. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for inviting me to an, uh, uh, an episode of the Beta Report. Yeah. Mm. Thanks so much for uh, accepting our invitation. Ladies, We were trying to get taken. you, but you keep saying no and did not want to come for so Not many- true, not true, not true. <laughs> The truth of that story is I've actually been lobbying for uh, an invite on this show for a number of years. And, what? And that's actually, that is actually a true story. I have been lobbying JR <laughs> for an invite on this show for several years now. Okay, look. Jay, look, what's up with that? the Beta Report's defense, like I just, I needed the analytics to kind of go up a little bit to be right. able to accommodate Someone of Mr. Valdez's stature. So, really. Great point. If I was your boss, I'd give you a raise, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, that's the type of forward thinking that I can bring to a place of employment. And um, I just really feel like I'm. I just really- love learning. It's <laughs> one of my weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we have a great uh, show for you today. We got the top five. We got Go No Go. We got uh, a special interview with our special guest who's going to tell us a little bit about a project that he's. Uh, Working on that, uh, of course, with the beta report effect, uh, we might be uh, seeing something in the theaters by George Boom. Valdez. Boom. Get ready. What? Get Boom. ready. What? This is real. This beta report, we'll, we'll mention it a little bit later, but this beta report effect, it's a real thing. All right. Yep. I'm looking is. forward to it. So you can I'm ready. Thank, so you can thank us later. I'm ready. And of course, Sign we got checks. our picks of the week. In fact, George will give us his pick of the week as well, too. So let's start off with the top five. Uno, it's all yours. Guys, 
I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I just want to address this right at the beginning. Black Panther got knocked off from number one. Dang. Well, why, why don't we work it up and then we'll say who who knocked he, him out? He, we'll get there. Okay. That's why I'm. Right. That's why you know it finally got knocked out. Dethroned. Someone dethroned someone the king. Dethroned the king. Dang. Yeah. Um. It's but but on a bright note, it did become the number one superhero movie of all time. Now beating out the Avengers. Beating out Avengers twice. Um, and anyway, let me walk you down this uh, beautiful road called the uh, top five. Are you are you serious that that movie out already outsold the Avengers? Yeah. Yep, it made over a billion, and it's like one point something billion dollars, which is already past uh, the first Avengers. First Avengers was the highest grossing um, superhero movie. And I mean, I, th- I thought the Black Panther movie was was okay, it was good, but you know, not not Avengers good. Really? Mm. It was a good movie. I just, I'm, I, I just didn't think it was that good. Wow. I, I mean, that's news to me that yeah. it's that hey, it's George. Yeah, yeah. You're here for what, what kind five of minutes, and you already bring the the controversy. <laughs> Man. Well, uh, Sorry, what kind of campaign is that? <laughs> okay, um, let me walk you guys to the uh, top five. So, numero cinco was Tomb Raider. Mm. Mm. I keep hearing it's better than expected. For a video game movie, so did you, yeah. you guys get to go see it? Or? I haven't had a chance to see it, but... The girl's cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so see, that's, that's Jay's uh, secret... Uh, no, not secret. It's not uh, even secret, dude. It's a celebrity crush. i said it many times on this podcast. She's my girlfriend, dude. She just doesn't know it. Alicia Vikander. She's amazing. What does Christina feel about that? Does your wife she's know cool. that? Yeah, she's cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> just like you're cool about... Sure. About Hugh Jackman. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, At number four... Sherlock Gnomes. Oh. Whoa, Sherlock Gnomes. Ladies and gentlemen, something very special. Um, is it okay if I share with you guys a... Jay, why don't you uh, give us your official review? Right? Hey, you know what? Um, how about we bypass that and I'll get you the official review of an expert. It's my wonderful daughter, Hazel May. And now, a comprehensive review of Sherlock Gnomes by Hazel. So there you have it, a uh, official review from a movie expert, Hazel May. Thanks so much, Hazel May, for that beautiful review. <laughs> how, how old is she? Four? Three? She just turned four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. She. Uh, that was a pretty comprehensive report. Man. It was amazing, dude. I mean, I feel <laughs> like I was in. Was going on. I was like in the movie theater watching the movie along with her, dude. When the pie face man uses the gun and with the fireworks. fireworks? Oh. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. Uh, but no, cool. yeah. Well, uh, all that to say, we did go watch Sherlock Gnomes over the weekend, and uh, it was like, it was serviceable. It was actually pretty good. It's like at nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like it deserves more. Like it was, uh, uh, like I had mentioned to you guys, the um, the way that they did the Sherlock Holmes uh, mind palace thing was actually pretty cool. Like the way that they did that, and it was just kind of. 
it was like a nice way to kind of uh, like entry level Sherlock Holmes for like the kids. Because after Hazel was asking him like, who was that guy? And now, you know, I can kind of tell a little bit of like who it was and like maybe read a story to her about Sherlock Holmes later in the future. But it was cool. So did um, that whole concept by uh, of the Mind Palace, is that, uh, what's the name, the writer for Sherlock Holmes? Conan? Uh, Sir Conan Doyle. Conan Doyle. Was, is that his thing? I don't know if that's his thing, and I, honestly, I don't even know if it's actually in the book. I've never read a Sherlock Holmes story well, because before. Well, because it's in the TV series, too. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. They talk about the Mind Palace, but it's only, I always hear it, like, associated with Sherlock yeah. Holmes. So. But I think, like, even in the movies, the, the Robert Downey Jr. movies, um, all the stuff that he does, like, you know how he yeah, like, the all the fighting of, stuff yeah. or whatever, like, when he does slow motion? I think that's meant to be, like, the, the Mind, Mind Palace, Palace thing where he's there kind of... Well, that, there's there's a direct reference in the British version of Sherlock Holmes. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they make yeah, where it, they, actually, they, they actually say the word Mind, Mind Palace. Palace in there. Yeah. And, and that's, you, I'm adopting it from that. Like, I'm... But it's essentially the same idea in the in this cartoon... Where he kind of like dives into his mind, you just kind of see him like all these different rooms. And oh, but like so he doesn't actually everything. say man, my no, 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 Oh, no. I thought he, I thought they actually said. I actually it. have a question no. for you guys. See, seeing how you've seen both of them, mm-hmm. which Sherlock Holmes do you like better, the British guy or Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, see, look, it's that's tough because they take place in two different times. You know, where it's like the the British Sherlock Holmes and with uh, with the Batch with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Um, takes place in modern times, so it's like a different take on the legend of uh, of Sherlock Holmes because it's more like you know you see him using his smartphone and he's doing all this stuff, able to get like information a lot quicker. And I think him as a character too kind of portrays the Sherlock Holmes like um, uh, what's the word like the the like the egotistical aspect of Sherlock Holmes like very well. Where like I feel like Robert Downey Jr. does a better job of like doing more of the action stuff and. Um, you know, being a little more snarky than than Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, I think the movies with Robert Downey Jr. in them clearly focused more on the action right, than, than right. that British show. They they it, that was a little less action and more of his mm-hmm. intellectual prowess and and his personality was yeah. coming through more. But I kind of I, I kind of like them both. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know like if them. I I don't know if I'd be able to choose one or the other though. Yeah, because I I love both of them, I, you know, and probably more recently the um, Cumberbatch version, just because it's uh, it, it's been out there more. There's three seasons. I love the fact that the seasons are only three episodes, but they're like an hour and a half. Right. So it's like little so mini movies, like mini movies. Yeah. yeah, and so they do such a good job of uh, portraying Sherlock Holmes as like a person who doesn't have. He's Not that he doesn't have empathy, but he's he's sort of he's got some real problems. Yeah, yeah. You know? His it's like the his intellect has a price to it, and right. part of it is that he can't empathize with certain people. Right, sometimes. right, right. But he does value his friendship with Watson, though. Right. He does. He does love him as his his partner. So, and it's it, funny because it's funny they mentioned that because that's that plays a big role. In this movie, in like the Sherlock Gnomes really? movie. Is there a Watson in the movie? There's a Watson in the movie, really? yeah, yeah. And, is, is and he a so gnome? Like, is, is he a gnome? Yeah. Yeah, they're all gnomes. So wait, Sherlock Gnome is a gnome too? I'm mean, stupid, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's not dressed like the other guys. He's actually dressed like a No, but it's Sherlock. funny though because like if you... <laughs> if you look at their little, <laughs> like, who knows? Like, why are we talking about? If you look gnomes? at their little hats, he has a little like he has a little like gnome peak yeah, on it. Yeah. So it's just it's funny. Okay, I think we spent a long yeah, time with Sherlock I think we spent gnomes. Too much time on Sherlock gnomes. Let's go. Dude.
No, dude, my thing was like, is Sherlock gnomes a gnome? And I was like, dude. Well, it's because in the movie, when you see the poster. No, it's okay, dude. You like The Last Jedi, dude. Moving on. At number three. In his defense, they do have more than just gnomes in the movie. So, Oh, Sherlock gnomes a dwarf then? Yeah. Or an elf? At number three. Was I can only imagine. At number two was Black Panther. And at number at number one. I, I'm still, by the way, I'm just yeah, shocked that that you you just said that Black Panther is the greatest, the largest grossing Marvel movie out there. I mean, I'm just taken aback by that. Really, that is really? kind of. That is kind of bananas. Yeah, for it to be the that's, highest grossing movie. That's nuts. It's kind of bananas. I mean, it was I would not think, it's not even close to the best movie in my view. And it, it's, it's such a minor character in the Marvel universe. Yeah, but I think the they it, it came at a right time, you know? Politically, you know, just uh the way that people are feeling right now and stuff. I think it just kind of came in. And honestly, I personally think it's one of the best written stories out there narratively. When you look at narratively, when you look at stories like with the Avengers and everyone else, there's always some kind of, um, you know, uh, MacGuffin or some plot hole or something like that. But in this movie, I think, was so well written, characters so well written. I think that kind of helped it along to, you know, I mean, when was the last did, time you heard did of Did you a- think it was good when um, the villain guy, and I, I, I don't know what his name is. In Killmonger. The- Killmonger. Okay. The, he bum, had all those bum, tattoos bum. all over himself, the military guy. Mm-hmm. He just comes in, you know, 20 minutes later, he's all of a sudden king of, of uh, Uganda. Or Wakanda. Or, 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 Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Wakanda. I mean, I thought that was kind of a little bit of, of a weak part in the story. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's, he's uh, yeah, I mean. I think I that's guess- why the beginning was there, though. The beginning was there purposely to set that up mm-hmm. and so to kind of make it believable. I mean, that kid right. was angry, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I mean, I bet, and, that's and, what made it compelling, too, because it, he had sort of a point, too. I mean, his his view of the world was, the, you know, black people have been oppressed all over, yet Wakanda was one of the countries isolated. Well, not all isolated, but so advanced, they could have helped their brothers and everywhere around the world yeah and they didn't so i can i could totally so get now it. he's gonna go around and destroy everything well you know <laughs> well he was yeah he was just gonna like like you Burn know re- redistribute power and make sure that those who were oppressed before would would like you know just be be the ones on top it was i don't know yeah. i feel like uh you know, when Kenneth Branagh came in and did Thor and they were talking about like, oh, he has uh, all this, you know, the Shakespearean pedigree and he's going to make the uh, family drama and all that stuff like so compelling, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like this was a better family drama, like more compelling, uh, uh, you know, yeah. family issues uh, than anything that we've seen so far. Like, And it know. definitely got, I think, people excited for, you know, obviously the whole... Uh, the the entire cast being black and, and just something different uh in um in, in a way they're uh um representate uh, representing uh people so you know i think the whitewashing controversy in a lot of movies that probably you know also played a part in it to have something different somebody different so yeah. um but yeah dude but so hey what so what was the number one movie dude pacific rim uprising <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. Best movie? Oh no, wait, what? 
So what? you saw it, right? I saw it. Yeah. Jay, you did, did you see it? it? I did see it. I did. I saw Sherlock Gnomes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the Sherlock Gnome. He's a gnome, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. I mean, so, I, 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 no, actually, that was uh, Scott Eastwood, actually. He was as uh, fragile of an actor as that gnome was. Really? Because he's just not good, right? Well, oh, gosh, he's so terrible. Dude, yeah, he was like, so... Nepotism like, nepotism exists, dude. You can't tell me it doesn't exist and then be like, yeah, Scott Eastwood deserved that role. <laughs> Any, uh, let's put it this way, dude. Any, <laughs> it was like this throughout the whole movie. And just for those of you listening who can't see, I'm closing my eyes. Just squinting a little bit. Yeah, he squints that's, a lot in the movie. That's the uh, Clint Eastwood look, though, dude. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that like, is bro, Clint Eastwood's look, dude. That's make, the iconic Clint Eastwood. Make your dude. own way in the world. Look, you know what's funny, dude? If you look at him after when he's like talking, he looks like Clint Eastwood, though. <laughs> he does look like a like lot. young Clint Eastwood. Yeah, right? like definitely. Except like the really hairline's like all there. Yeah, exactly. Because Clint Eastwood always had like that. Oh, that. Bit of a hairline. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, dude, it was it was not that great, man. I mean, the the the, the special effects are great. The, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who, who called it a no-go? <laughs> this guy. Um, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, it was just like the... Redemption. The story, yeah. That's redemption for not liking The Last Jedi. Best movie ever. Nope. Um, so, yeah, it was weird, though, because... The story was weird. The twist that they put in, like they, they who they pick as the villain was like what, like mm-hmm. why, and it's just it was very, it was just not it, it, the the story and the plot and everything the way it written. I didn't like it. John Boyega was great. You know what? Word. John Boyega, give him a full on movie with a better writer in it. Yes. Uh, with, with him as the lead. Yes. Um, besides Star Wars, yeah, he did really great in that. Uh. I feel he, like he, he was, would do great. Wait, you can agree with me on this point, though. What? After watching Pacific Rim, I feel like he's underutilized in Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I agree. He's like Han Solo cool in Pacific Rim. Yeah, he is. Yeah? He yeah. makes a lot of like really good jokes that you would think like something like Han Solo would do or right. something like that. So, yeah, it, it definitely does. And then uh, that girl, um, Umani, <laughs> whatever her name is. <laughs> She was good. She was not bad too. The his little cadet. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she, was, she was. She cool. was okay. Yeah, she was cool. She was you know, serviceable. But Scott Eastwood did. He was just kind of like any cut out white cut out could have been played that part. Yeah. The, and then and it was like so you know you know kind of like the relationship between you know Tom Cruise and and the Iceman. Uh huh. You know it's like. How it's very like, oh, they don't like each other, they hate each other. There's no like, there's no question about that they're not friends and they are rivals. Well, right. they, they try to do this in this movie, but then like, it was so confusing. They're friends, but the, they're not then friends. he was Goose. He yeah. went from being like, <laughs> yeah. he went from being Iceman to Goose. To Goose. To Goose. To Iceman. Yeah. He was like, dude. That's weird. Like in the middle of the movie, they like totally hate each other. Like, I know you don't like me. And the next one, hey, brother. I love no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, no, no. what? Ice cream's up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stupid. Yeah, it was it was really weird, dude. And then, the, like I said, the main twist in the movie, like, who's supposed to be the villain? Like, you know what, dude? If they would have committed to it, instead of making that guy try to be playing comedy, that's what killed it. He should have been like, you know, without giving anything away, but this person should have been... Totally evil instead of being like halfway through like I'm gonna be evil but I'm gonna be funny too. It's like Well you're kinda of giving away with that, but I won't mention No, I'm not, not saying anything. Yeah, that's a very anyway. astute assessment, Jeff. Thank you. I do agree. 
Um, and so do like do the do they? Well, I guess I felt too like it had an identity crisis, right? Like it was like I want to be Harry Potter, but I also want to be Top Gun kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just because of the characters, and it just didn't make sense. Like this, the 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 cadet aspect just kind of felt. Like it was there to appeal to a demographic rather than there to like further the story. But did they build on any of those characters, or was it really just they were just kind of there? You know how in Kings, you know how in Kingsman, right? You know how they're, you know they're they're um they're going through the training, so you get to kind yeah. of know some of those mm-hmm. characters. Well, they that's what they missed here. Like they have these new characters, but you don't know anything about them. They're, right. they're just. You know they try to, and you they try to make you care for them, but mm-hmm. they just didn't they didn't do that. Because that was one of my biggest criticisms of the first one that the character designs for a lot of the the pilots were like pretty cool, dude. Like they looked like interesting characters. So I was hoping that they would like invest more time in each one. But, or... but this movie did miss something from Guillermo del Toro, though, to be a bit more involved in the story. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been better. But yeah, you're right though. They should have spent more time with the cadets. Yeah, they get to know them a little bit better. But I'll tell you what, the, the robots look do- pretty dope. I mean, they were pretty awesome. Yeah, they were they were you fun know, to watch, and all the fights on there were pretty fun to watch. I was watching um, Kong Skull Island, yeah. right? And I think I saw Kong Skull Island clips of Transformers, and obviously had just seen Pacific Rim. And I just feel like for some reason, like I feel like when it comes to robot movies. Whenever you have these giant battles, I feel like you kind of get lost in the grandeur, like, which is what they did. I was watching uh, Kong Skull Island and just like the Kong fights were Mm -hmm. so great. And like I was just watching Kong and it just felt real like this is something he would do. Like this is something King Kong would do with these robots. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Is that an elbow or a knee? Like what you know what I mean? So I feel like somebody and this it's the same criticism for um Transformers. Like it's just so much robot going on. I don't know who's who, what's what, what's going on. I think somebody needs to figure out how to really do like a good robot battles. Giant robot battles. I actually thought they were not bad though, dude. Uh, uh watch Queen Kong Skull Island again, dude. No, I've seen it and I loved and it. The hooks. Yeah, yeah. Left crosses. Yeah. And uh <laughs> but better. but uh I like that one that one uh Jaeger that uh uh, is able to do like roundhouse kicks and everything, Saber Athena, or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, she was See? pretty dope. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Hey, so we apologize, everybody, that Uno said go for this movie. Uh, uh we actually uh, said no, no, but you know, we'll maybe we'll correct it hopefully with this next movie. It's time for Go No Go. Should I go or should I no go? Should I go or should I no go? If I watch it, will I love it? If I watch it, will I hate it? You gotta let me know. Should I go or should I no go? So this week's go or no go is Ready Player One. (laughs) Does it have a song? No, that's just a ready. It's a Pac-Man song. Oh, the yeah, startup video, the startup song. Anyways, this uh, week is Ready Player One, uh, based boop, on a book boop, by. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, Mario. Yeah, I can yeah, do I that. Right? Do 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 do. <laughs> dude, some of those game soundtracks are dope, dude. Boo, do, 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 do. You have to have uh, do, 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 do. Jason show you the uh, Mario Kart one, dude. It's actually really good. 
Mario the Mario Kart soundtrack. Yeah, dude. What the heck, dude? It's like all jazzy and everything, dude. It's like everything, uh, trumpets and bass and guitar and drums. Not bad. It's pretty dope. Anyways, uh, Ready Player One, written by uh, Ernest Klein, um, and was turned into a movie uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. Also, oh, it's based on a book. Yes, it is. I wish we could talk more about that. I wish we had somebody who is an author and we could talk about that. <laughs> right? So, hey, uh, let's uh, go around the room. Go or no go. Dude, um, I hate to say it. Uh, I'm going to go no go for what? Ready Player One, dude. Come on. What? I am, dude. Dude, you're just a contrarian, dude. Like, this all you want to do is just say hipster. no to everything, dude. Hipster. Why do you hate life? The last jet <laughs> was not good. Why? Because everybody else, uh, hipsters, don't like it. Is that hey, what it dude, is? I just want to say hipsters get a bad rap. Hey, bro, your man runs showing. If it wasn't for hipsters, we- <laughs> your man runs going back, dude. If it's it wasn't for back. hipsters, we wouldn't have mm, probably seventy-five percent of the great restaurants we have. That right is now. true. Yeah, that. Well, I would have never tried worst coach in my life if it wasn't for hipsters. Thanks so uh, Uno's uh, no go. Why? Why don't you yeah, want to go? I'm dude? just gonna go why? no go. Why? Um, it just gives me the vibe that it's gonna be kind of like, like rampage, like GI Joe. Like dude, Transformers. I feel like no way, dude. I feel like, like it's gonna be that kind of vibe. I feel like, like just dumb Spielberg action. on a bad day is yeah, better than all that, that. That's where I'm at. You that, know what I mean? That's yeah. where I'm at. Spielberg on a bad bad day. How do, how do you? You, you just know, can't, dude. Like you just I, can't. I feel like the dude would have to be working on like like five percent of his like you know genius capacity to make a movie on the level of. Transformers or Rampage or something like that. Like it is definitely like you said, Spielberg on a bad day is still most better than Michael Bay in a good day. You know day. that yeah. the the book in 2010. I didn't even know this, but the book had like a publishing war, a bidding war between publishers for an unheard of author, right? With movie rights being sold out like the next day. I mean, I don't know how this book had that kind of promotion and that kind of juice going for it when it was first coming out because it, that stuff like that's unheard of. Yeah. But Spielberg was like involved in that project pretty early on. I mean, how do you not go to see a movie that's <laughs> that's been promoted like this? Well, the book itself, if you know, the book uh, is uh, basically like a pop culture reference dictionary. I right. Mean, right. It, it literally. You know the that's, story. That's the pan on it. That's that's what people don't like about yeah, it. Yeah, and we were talking about this before, in our uh, pre-production work, that uh, this book itself is either loved or hated, pretty much. Um, and uh, yeah, like you were saying, one of the things that people were saying was that the, the it, it uses pop culture like a crutch almost. It's like they're every turn of the page. And on the other hand. Uh, a lot of people loved it because of that nostalgic feel to it. A lot of the stuff that it used in the book. Uh, in fact, it used a lot of Spielberg uh, movies in the book, even before this guy knew Spielberg was gonna, you know, uh, direct this movie. But um, I personally have read the book, and we've talked about this before. I it's a go for me, so simply because I've read the book, and I'm hoping to see what I read in the book up on screen. It's always exciting for that, and uh, yeah, that's why I think I, I'm hoping that it's good. And like you said, Spielberg. I think is pretty bit pretty much even on a bad day still pretty good. But uh, Jay, you said it was a go, right? Yeah, I, I, it's definitely a go for me. Um, but mainly because of Steven Spielberg, I'll definitely watch. Like he's one of the. I forgot where I was. I like read an article if uh, talking about um, whether 
certain people in Hollywood still had that pool. Like, you know, are people still running out to see the next Tom Cruise movie or is, or is someone going out to still watch like the next Tom Cruise movie or whatever? But I feel like Steven Spielberg still has that. Like, regardless of what he does, what kind of movie it is, people are still, gonna, are still gonna go out to watch it because he has a track record, you know? Like, he has, you know, he's, he's, you know, to use a, a he's batting. got the pedigree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? like George, does that uh, interest you at all? What would you do? The the you movie, movie for me great? for me it's a go. The reason is, uh, you know, we're being bombarded a lot with a lot of the Marvel movies, and 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 I enjoy you know most of them. Um, Watch it now. Um, I Watch en- it now. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy most of the Marvel movies, and and but I, I mean I think it's it's about time i think that we come up with um a new main a new character a new voice out there yeah. and and this this writer edward klein you know he may be that guy and um i like to see guys succeed and uh you know i'm going into it with an open mind from what i've seen you know a lot of people are panning it a lot of people are saying good things about it but you know whether it's a go or no go for me no question you gotta go cool well, allow me to retort. Well, well, let, before you do that, let, I I do just want to, you know, just uh, in that advisory, I guess I, I've said it before that uh, I'm not completely sold on like Ty Sheridan yet. Um, he's still kind of like a at this point, I feel like he's kind of like a uh, he's like a mini Scott Eastwood, um, where it's just kind of like a like a generic type of like actor. They could have put anyone else in there, and it, it wouldn't really. He's Cyclops. He wasn't that bad in that movie. I mean, he wasn't great. He was in yeah, the, but in he the... was like he didn't really stand out for someone. It's like you know, Cyclops keeps, keeps getting a bad rap, dude, because they should get someone with like the presence. You know what I mean? Like he's the leader of a freaking. He's supposed to be the Chris group. Evans. Yeah, he's supposed to be like Chris Evans. Like I think if they would if they would have cast Chris Evans as Cyclops, that would have been like like amazing, dude. That would have been like perfect casting. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like he just doesn't have that like he doesn't have like it i guess um so i'm i'm going and kind of skeptical about him but i feel like the rest of the movie well you know who's hot right now is lena waith dude she's um is she the girl from uh from uh um, master, master of none, of none dude oh, okay, okay she's hot right now dude like you know there's you know she's everywhere right now she's kind of you know the actor the kind of go-to actor right now so yeah yeah she's I dope think, yeah i think i think and um, olivia uh Olivia Cook, I think that's her name. Olivia Cook, she's good too. Bates, Bates Motel, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. Dude, and Lita Waithe is awesome, a master of none too. Really, she's yeah. really amazing in that. Who was she? So she's um the ex girlfriend uh, or the Italian girl? No, the, that's the, Dev's the friend, girl. the black girl. The, oh, duh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was really she's good so. in that too. So, so yeah. Oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry, dude. Go ahead with oh, your yeah. retort. We gonna retort on that? Yeah, I was ready to retort. Go ahead. I think I hate to say it, guys. Kind of questioning whether Spielberg might be falling out of touch. Wow. Based based on what? Based on... (laughs) Mr. Filmmaker, go ahead. (laughs) How many movies do you have at uh, Sundance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. I got... I'm on syndicated radio, dude. (laughs) Are his carpets too red or what? His carpets are too red. Okay, here's... Okay, can we explain that to people when we say uh, the carpets too red? No, let's do it right now. Distracting people. Go ahead, dude. I think people want to know, man. <laughs> Come on. Get it out. All right. Time's up. <laughs> Hurry up with your retort, dude. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. cool. Well, here's the thing. I feel like, you know, I'm looking at Spielberg's record here. 
And I feel like he hasn't put out a good movie without a strong leading actor in like 20 years. So like The Post was a good movie, but it had Tom Hanks. Bridge of Spies, Tom Hanks. Lincoln, Daniel Day-Lewis. War Horse, you guys really want to defend War Horse? That was all right. The BFG, mm. Adventures of Tintin, Indiana Jones, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, that one. Uh, Munich, well, uh, I just I just feel like he needs a strong leading man in order to put out a great film. Okay. One that's already established, though. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like what's-his-face is... I feel like Cyclops is freaking cardboard on screen, dude. Dude, but, okay, yeah, he's he's the leading man in that, like, or he's, like, the main protagonist, but you also have uh, Ben Mendelsohn in this movie who's, like, the, exactly. the main villain. And, you know, we all know Ben Ben Mendelsohn from Rogue One and, and a bunch of different movies. Um, he's an amazing actor, dude, and he's, like, a great villain, too. So I feel like whatever Ty Sheridan is lacking in, uh... Ben Mendelsohn is going to make up for and just like all out like menace and and just dread and craziness. It's going to be good, dude. I feel like, I he, can can I feel like he, he himself can carry this movie. I think you said he's losing his touch and the post got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Come on. Yeah, but but uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. That's cheating, bro. That's <laughs> cheating. But, but <laughs> I, I mean, isn't that... Isn't part of that actors of that caliber want to be in his movies? I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. He's just, so, so where where's the actor in this movie? But ben Mendelsohn. I just mentioned Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is probably the big hey, bro, name. We're we're comparing him to Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Daniel De- Daniel Day Lewis. Tom Cruise. Hey, what? Well, yeah, well, because <laughs> uh, Minority Report, War of the Worlds. That's what I mean. No, oh, okay. Like those are Spielberg movies. Yeah. With Tom Hanks. Good job. Okay. All right. Anyway, all that to say, we'll find out in a week. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna do great. Mm. I feel like it's gonna do great. I feel like Pacific Rim, you know, will have its day in the sun, and and you know, come Friday or whatever, that it's just gonna get knocked off quick. Dude, it's gonna be people are gonna love it or people are gonna hate it. That's all it's gonna happen, dude. Watch you go to the movies. That's what's gonna happen. You're gonna see, bro. This movie has Chucky and the Iron Giant in it. I mean, like, how, how are you not gonna enjoy that, dude? Has a freaking DeLorean in that mess. Being followed by T Rex. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's insanity, dude. Yeah. How are you not going to enjoy that? You just don't like fun, dude. You just don't like life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be watching, I'm going to be watching Isle of Dogs. <laughs> hey, so did you hear, did you see what the secret meaning of uh, Isle of Dogs is? No, what is it? Isle of Dogs. Right? Say it again. Isle of Dogs. Just say it slower. What? Say it slower. Ah, dogs. I, I love dogs. I love dogs. I love dogs. I love dogs. That's what the the screaming behind it is. Wow. Whoa. Mind blown. That is Wes Anderson. Is he's actually like, come on. He's like, yeah, that's what the screaming is. Is he loves dogs? Wes Anderson. Is, I love dogs. He's amazing, dude. Dude, he's a genius. There it is, dude. Just a little secret right there for you. That's why we love. Uh, also hitting theaters is God Zed. No go. Gemini. No go. At Crimini. No go. Thank you. Uh, wait. Acrimony, bro. See what I have to practice things in my head before I say them. Acrimony. Dude, this guy's talking about freaking Andre 3000. Sorry, bro. Like. I was right next to Gemini. Acrimony. <laughs> uh, hey, can you uh, tell us what acrimony is? Sure. No, George, can you tell us what acrimony oh. is? No, I, I, I. 
don't know anything about that movie. No, not no, the movie, the but the word. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was some type of like legal term. I'm assuming no, it's no. like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a legal term. I thought that's what like, I thought. Your alimony. Honor, like, like alimony. Yeah, Acrimony. Like that Acrimony's got to be alimony. There you go. They rhyme. <laughs> Close enough. Like effect and effect. Did you know? Did you know? Hey, the acrimony was the most searched word this week. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. I'm about to search it right now, dude. Yeah, dude. It means something like uh, hated or something Discord like that. Discord or... Yeah. I mean, Acrimonious, right? Yeah. It's, it's, All that to say is God's not dead, no go. Gemini, no go. Uh, acrimony, no go. What the, heck is Ge- what the heck is Gemini? It's that movie with uh, Zoe Kravitz. That doesn't help. It's that movie where uh, Zoe Kravitz is a celebrity and she hires, um, what's her name? Uh, Lola Kirk as her assistant. Then Zoe Kravitz gets murdered and then uh, Lola Kirk is the suspect. Acrimony, bitterness or ill feeling? Hmm. Sounds like Chris. What? Get it, get it, Taraji. (laughs) Taraji P. Henson. Get it, dude. She looks like she could be the personification of acrimony. She, she like in, in, the, in the in the dictionary, <laughs> it's her face. It's her face mad. It's just like acrimony. She's like, it's her mad scowl. Yep. Like that scowl, acrimony. She That's got what it. it is. That's actually a great casting, dude. It it, it really is, dude. Hey, let's jump into uh, knowing a little bit of our guest. Uh, Get to know the guest. guest. What new music, Jr. Yeah, I was I was gonna try to use a, a Green Day song, Ooh, but uh, that would have been good. But I'm pretty sure that that's we'll like, get sued. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll get sued for Can that. You defend us, <laughs> you know. So so we'll just uh, we'll just hum a Green Day song. Go. That's the Red Chili Peppers, dude. That's the wrong wrong group. Oh, okay, right. I got it. Go, go, go. No, man. Now you're just playing around. Dude. This is terrible. George, give us give us a Green Day song. Come on. Go ahead. When I come again. There you go. Is that when I come around? When I come around, that's it. Oh my! This is supposed to be your segment, George. Come on, you have like one chance. I love Green Day. I know you do. Yeah, we that's can why tell. I tried. That's you guys I... didn't prep me and tell me I should be ready on Green Day. <laughs> Jay, go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and uh, do the honors? Kick of... things off. All right, dude. So, George, just give us a little, a little uh, background information on yourself. Where do you come from? Uh, Born in uh, New New York City, grew up in New Jersey. Um, went to college in New Jersey, um, went to law school in New Jersey, then came out here in 1997, um, became a licensed attorney out here, um, got married, two kids, divorced, um, wrote a novel, I wrote a set of novels actually, which is, uh, hopefully why I'm here. And then, um, still a practicing lawyer, but trying to really get out of doing, doing that. I really would very much prefer to just write stories in my backyard smoking a cigar where you know, where though where the place you always tell me you want to be just smoking a cigar Newport coast there you go oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's gonna happen yeah where's that at? I don't know but he always talks about it so I'm like <laughs> <laughs> where's Newport it's, a, coast? it's a nice town in Orange County oh okay you know, 
Is it near Newport Beach? Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs) Uneducated boy. That's the dream, dude. That is the dream. So that's really what I want to do. I really want to be a a storybook writer and author. And and instead of spending my time, you know, driving around, you know, courthouses in California, I really would just want to write stories. You know, definitely, definitely a passion of mine. I'm, I'm definitely into it i think i'm actually good at it and uh you know i'm hoping to publish my first novel this year with others to follow definitely so why don't we jump into that the uh story wait 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 oh, hold wait. on i just want to tell you you have a great speaking voice i got like these headphones on you're just coming in so clear <laughs> no slurring jeez i i, I try <laughs> i if I'm ever in trouble, I need you to defend me. Just so I can sit there and listen. No acrimony or whatever you said? Acrimony. <laughs> acrimony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so uh, being that you're a big fan of stories, right? Okay. Before we kind of dive into your story, I just right. want to get to know you a little bit more as far as storytelling goes. Can you tell us maybe, like, let's kick things off with, like, your favorite movie. What would you say is your favorite movie? I got to tell you, I do not have a favorite movie. I, okay, saw, okay. I saw that on the questions, and yeah. I'm like, I do not have a favorite movie. Do you have, like, movie. A, maybe a top three then, maybe? So, so, top, so top three I can give you. We okay. have a term for that. We have a term okay. for that. All right. So give us your Rushmore, your Mount Rushmore of favorite movies. Yep. So for sure, I uh, I got to go with Star Wars. Boom. Star Trek. Wait, which one? First one? Um, Second? Okay, best Star Wars movie is still the the first one that came out in in 1977 for me. And you hope, right? And yeah. You hope. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? What are you looking at me for? Did you rank Last Jedi better than A New Hope? I didn't say that. I think it's recorded mm. somewhere. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. Keep uh, going. Star Trek would probably be my second genre that I really enjoy that I really like. Did you like the reboots with Chris Pine as Captain Kirk and all that? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, uh, as an artist and someone who writes and uh, someone who has that artistic side, I like to see stuff like that if Mm -hmm. it's well done. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like to see completely remade movies over and over again. For for example, while I liked the Spider-Man movies, enough of that first story already. You know, right. I mean, you know, uh, enough of that. Tell me a different story. There's, there's hundreds of, you know, maybe a thousand Spider-Man comic books with different stories, and you know, I didn't want to see that same story played out over and over just with a different set of actors. Uh, but you know, a different set of actors with a different story mm-hmm. on uh, in the same, you know, uh, genre. I, I really do enjoy that, and I'm, I'm open to things like that. I like that. So Star Trek, Star, Star Wars. What else is on your uh, Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore? I, I guess I'd have to say the Harry Potter movies. I like those. Yeah, cool. You know, great. That's well, a big, that's a huge Mount Rushmore. Though. <laughs> it's, like, it's a long <laughs> panoramic <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'm more into things like that. I'm more into stories like that, Marvel, DC, Batman, um, than I am, uh, you know, more movies that would be rated for an Oscar. You know, I'm just not that kind of person. Um, I think I'm very juvenile, I guess, in my thinking. No, no not <laughs> but, at all, man. But I, uh, but I enjoy those things. I mean, it, to me, George, I would have, n- I would have never known that. To, to You're me, not juvenile at all. To me, it's <laughs> it's can I be entertained for two hours and and real hardcore drama 
um, you know, like a Meryl Streep movie or something like that. That just bores me. I just don't, I don't enjoy that. That's not fun for me. And, mm-hmm. and going to the movies or reading a book, for me, it's, is it fun? You know, and, and is it, is it going to be entertaining? And th- movies like that, hard, you know, real hard dramas is what I call them. Uh, that's just not fun for me. You know, Daniel Day, Daniel Day Lewis is known as probably the best actor on the planet. But then he does movies like The Phantom Thread that just came out. Even some celebrities got asked, are you guys going to go see it? And they're like, mm, not really. It doesn't seem like, you know, it may, it may be acted great, but it's not exactly fun, you know, right, right. to go. So as long, to me, look, even like, say, Harry Potter books, people would say, these are little kid books. But you know what? As, as long as it's written well, acted well, people love it. I agree. I mean, yeah, no matter I, what. You know, I, I like. Uh, I like those movies. Did they carry me through the two hours? Absolutely. Right. You know. Speaking of, did you like the Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that seems to be a theme on this show: is, is whether this movie was good or not. Okay. Um, I didn't think it was the best Star Wars movie, but um, give us okay. Wait, before you go into this, like oh you have to get into like get into attorney mode now and like try to argue the case. For or against the Last Jedi, whichever way you were gonna go. Wait, wait, wait. But I just want oh. you to be able to present your evidence and 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 tell us why you either liked it or you didn't like it. All right, well, because you're you're because the, the room is split here. Clearly, it's, it's been split. It's, <laughs> it's been split this whole show. Yeah, by we, the by the people who are right and the people who are wrong. <laughs> so go ahead. Look, I uh, only a Sith deals with I, I liked the Last Jedi. Okay, boom. So sorry, Luis. I liked it. It's cool. Um, I thought the last fight scene was was pretty cool. How how uh, uh, you know they were attacking um, Luke, you know, and all of a sudden he sort of brushes himself off and when walks forward. I really wasn't thinking, and I think uh, I think the movie writers and the the movie producers really tricked the audience in a good way when he was really on a rock, you know, halfway around the universe, uh, you know, projecting himself that far. I mean, I thought that was a really, really cool way to end the book, or the movie. And um, then at the end, he sort of dies on that on that ledge, you know, looking out over the sun, you know, uh, looking out over the suns on that ledge, on that yeah. rock ledge. And, uh, I mean, I thought that was a really cool ending, you know, to a f- one of the greatest you know stories of our of our time you know, uh, in our lives so uh, there's no way i could say that was a bad movie i mean, i don't think there was any bad star wars movies mm-hmm. um I, I don't i'm not sure that's even possible yeah well the prequels <laughs> but i don't know anyways but yeah um well yeah well thank you thank you for that george speaking but, of speaking of great stories george um, can you tell us a little bit about the story you're telling? Uh, can you tell us about Magnus Manhart? The book I wrote, uh, it's actually a three-part trilogy. I've written the first book in its entirety. Uh, it's in the can, so to speak. I have an agent. It's called Magnus Manhart, The Five Staffs of Justice. Um, two characters, Magnus and Kataria, they, they meet. Uh, it's a coming-of-age story. It's a fantasy genre. Uh, YA, uh, so I'm looking at a target audience of about uh, you know 14 to 16, and um, they're looking for the five staffs of justice in order to defeat Farsidious, who is the evil alien who has taken over the you know their planet. 
Um, that's in a nutshell the uh, you know the outline of the story. The first book takes him through finding the third staff. The second book they find the fourth staff and someone to wield it, and then the fifth book is sort of the culmination of the three part trilogy where wow. they find the fifth staff. Man, you got this all Ambitious. mapped out already. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. I this is this is a project I've had going for the past six years, and it was very well thought out. I I. I mean, I probably outlined the book as as long as six months before I even started putting pen to paper. So, what got you into wanting to do this story? Like, what? it was actually my daughter. My daughter. I was I was uh, sitting at my house one day, and my daughter walks up to me and she said, "I just, uh, Dad, I, I really want to write a story." And I, I I turned to her and I said, "You know, when your ten year old says that, you kind of perk up and listen." And my daughter said, uh, uh, and I asked her what the title of the book was and she said magnus manhart the five staffs the five staffs of justice and i was just like wow you got to be kidding me where'd you come up with that my you know my little 10 year old girl turns out i think she thought it up off the top of her head and we went outside and i grabbed a cigar and we sat outside for three hours and i outlined the book and i promised her that night that i would write it for her so i've been working on this project ever since dude Father goals right there, dude. Yeah, dude. Not gonna lie, that's pretty dope. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That that's got that's what inspired you to go ahead and oh yeah and write that book. Yeah, it was her. It was wow. her. And she uh, she named a lot of the characters. I kept the names that she had created for them and the outline of who they were and um, uh, a lot of things were directly inspired by her. So are you giving her a co-author uh, credit on the book? She didn't actually write any of the, <laughs> of the story. Cold-blooded. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, I, I'm sure when, when it gets published, uh, there'll be a nice dedication to her. I have that planned out. Nice. That's awesome. That's great. And uh, what what do you pull inspiration from, like, in the in the, for the book itself? Like, No question that when I was writing it, um, not being a professional author, this is really my first foray into this type of uh, project. Uh, I really pulled people in my life and I defined certain characters by, you know, identifying them with certain people in my life. And then it was actually kind of easy to write the dialogue because I just said, how would that person react to this? What, what would that person say? And then it actually became pretty easy to create the dialogue. Um, the style of the writing was a learning curve. Um, I had copied a style of writing that I had seen, you know, many times in books, but that doesn't seem to be the current way that books are written. So um, there was definitely a learning curve with two editors involved in the book on, on the way it's supposed to be written. Um, uh, but other than that, you know, I, I really had fun with the project. It was really fun writing the dialogue and, uh, I have my, you know, best friend in book two who's coming, and and um, uh, I, I parenthetically save him, you know, in the book uh, from a lot of things. Um, just like in real life. Just like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, man. That's yeah. good. And so right now you uh, and, and as Jordan is talking, we're looking at uh, he actually. Has a cover for his book. Some of the promo and, material that he has. Yeah, for the book. yeah, and, yeah. I had the book illustrated. Um, I did that primarily when I was looking for an agent, so I could 
uh, give that person something to sort of take away from our meeting. But I, uh, I have an agent now. It's WordWise Media. Um, his his name is Stephen uh, Hudson, and we are pitching you know the big uh, publishing companies right now. You know, so I'm I'm really excited about that. All right, Steve Hudson, get this done. No man, Let's get this get this uh, book out and uh, get it on the big screen. Did well, yeah. So so no, I was just gonna ask. So what? Where is the book now? So you kind of hinted at that. That's the, currently when when, when Steve uh, heard the storyline, he really. Uh, my impression was he really liked it. He told me he really liked the story. Um, he got the copy of the manuscript that I had written with my first editor. Um, he really wanted, he, he thinks, you know, big things could happen and, and he wanted me to go with a different editor. So I did, you know, at his request. So, uh, the book has basically been edited twice and, um, uh, that's basically, I, I say it's in the can, meaning it is written, he's got it and he is sending it out there. So that's, that's where it's at right now. And just so that people can kind of grasp the scope of it. Uh, how long would you say the book is? Like how many words? Oh, I can tell you exactly how many words. It's 71,500 words. Jeez. Right around there. That's insane. That's cool. How many pages would that be? 160 maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, 160 when you look at a computer where I haven't seen it actually uh, projected out in, in a book format yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I'm going to guess maybe 250. 250 words uh, 250 pages that's crazy dude that's exciting. I mean I mean that in and of itself like you know obviously the the goal is to get it published the goal is to you know just have it be successful but I mean you just kind of have to sit back and even relish in the fact that you're able to write 71,000 words you know on on a it, like one narrative story and have it all make sense like I mean that's that's super cool and that's um it's a I lot mean, of hours. It was a lot of hours and a lot of cigars in yeah. my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> you got to cut down the cigars, man. You're going to be able to enjoy your uh, the riches of your spoils. Um, <laughs> but, no, that's really cool. That's really cool, though. Uh, so can you give us a little a little bit of the uh, what we might be able to see in the future with this, like what the other books are or titles well, for the books? Yeah, you okay. That sort of thing. Uh, no, no, no. It's not secret at all. Uh, the title of book two is uh, Magnus Ma- Manhart, The Riddle of the Tumesian Fox. Um, the Tumesian Fox is a story from Greek mythology. Also, my daughter came up with that title. Um, so uh, th- that's book two. Book three, I have a working title of Origins of the Warrior, but that could change it yeah. basically any time. I'm thinking about calling it Magnus Manhart and then calling it Armageddon. Um, so I, I don't know if I have a final title for book three, but I know what's going to happen in book three. I just don't, I don't know what the title might be. Right. Wow. Sounds cool. Yeah. That's great, man. So if, if this gets made into a movie, mm-hmm. who'd you want to play the main character? Oh boy. Uh, you know, I'm not that well versed in all the actors <laughs> available. You know, it would have to be a young kid. It's a 16 year old protagonist. Ty Sheridan. Just kidding. <laughs> so, what about the guy who's play who's currently playing uh, Spider Man? He would be too old at that point, right? Well, say for example, if you were if you were to be able to get him now, would that be kind of like the the type of fit? 
Um, have you guys ever seen the uh, that uh, what's it called the uh, the story of the the elf show? Um, Shannara Chronicles. Well, I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen it. Yeah, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. It's actually good. the The lead character there, the blonde guy, is more of what I would envision. Okay, okay. Right. So I was, I, and we only point that out just so that people can kind of have a mental picture of right. of who Magnus Manhart is and, well, and what to they, expect. Well, if they go to my website, which is magnusmanhart.com. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I think I interrupted you there. What, what was that again? If you go to my website, which is magnusmanhart.com, you will see the characters as I envision them with an illustrator. So, uh, so I had an illustrator create the the major characters for me. There you go, people. Magnusmanhart.com. Well, dude, that's that's awesome. It's a, it's exciting to see because we hopefully you know that we have you here. The beta report gets into effect, and. Uh, we start seeing this on bookshelves by the end of the year. That'd be right. awesome, really. So, do we get a signed copy? I First? promise. I promise each of you a signed copy. I hold up. How much would that go on eBay? Which book am Just I going to be in, though? That's the real question. <laughs> See, yeah. now you should you should tell the history. Uh, You're fastidious, you know. fool. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get a, I've been trying to get a spot on this book, but this dude. It, like cold savage was just kind of like you're just not interesting enough. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. Up. I did tell him that. <laughs> what? Straight up, dude. I told nice. him exactly. I told him exactly that. I said, <laughs> you know, I draw inspiration from people, and and you know, the characters are created. You know, obviously, uh, uh, when I when I sit there and write them, but um, I don't know. You're you just don't strike me as someone that I'm going to stick in a medieval times. Uh, Look at that, dude. You know, type type of book. Getting I, roasted. I, hey, dude, where my bros at, man? You I was going to say, sticking up for me. Dang. If I may chime in, when I look at JV and I just see a jester. <laughs> you I mean, mean insurance adjuster? <laughs> <laughs> dude, look. Everybody the, hurt. <laughs> this guy was out here talking about like, all right, Someone. I could probably make you like. Like like this shady guy who see now look uh, your brother Jeff I can envision him as a character what? yeah the troll <laughs> <laughs> I can see I can see a little craziness going on there I could definitely see a character what? out of Jeff uh, out of your brother Jeff but you you're just not you're just not <laughs> you're not inspiring me in that way <laughs> hey, dude see what I gotta see what I gotta work with every day I dude so man I'm sorry hey, a boss is supposed to uplift you. Supposed to motivate encourage you, you motivate, motivate you. you. Look at that, dude. That's why I do all my social media at work. That's why. <laughs> well, we're hoping for the best for you, man. We're hoping that this book gets gets out there, that we get our signed copies and and uh, seen a movie about this, man. That'd be awesome, man. So we hope that that all happens for you, man. Thank you. Thank so you. we'll uh, we'll put that up to you about your website, MagnusManhart.com. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, we'll be looking out for Magnus Manhart, the Five Staffs of Justice. Right. Yep. So it's time to uh, let's get into some picks of the week, dude. Well, I just wanted to say that I really see Jay as like a fawn. Like you could just totally be yeah. half man, half goat, dude. Dude, I can rock that. And 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 doing like the flute too, Mr. Thomas. And speaking of riddles, hey, yeah, isn't that, the, what the that uh, Chronicles of Narnia, dude? That's what I'm saying, dude. What's his name? Mr. Tumnus. If yes, we go, is. if we go, if we go, kind of like red the scarf, journey, dude. James right. McAvoy. All day, every day. <laughs> scarf and, and no, no shirt. No shirt, dude. No shirt, just the scarf. Yep. That'd be perfect, dude. 
if we go hero's journey he could totally be like the, the friends he picks up along the way though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like like you know what be, you could be r2d2 you could be bb8 yep. you know what i mean him R two D two yeah I'm just <laughs> totally I'm just the, the the lovable you know like little like android side character who guy. are you at work <laughs> I know you must be something different on who here, are <laughs> who are you dude hey you know what dude I just uh, I just I just you know put my nose down get my work done. I don't. I just don't see Star Wars when I when I think of Jr over here. I just don't see that. Hey dude, you're my Chewy. Yeah, thank you, dude. There you go. Thank you. And let's get into the picks of the week. Pick of the week. We're gonna share with you guys what we're watching this week and what and why exactly. Jay, do you have a pick of the week? Uh, I know this is kind of um, uh, we had already announced this, but I just can't get enough of it. Do Flinttown. It's a really good show. Still pushing it. Still pushing it, dude. Pushing I want, it. I want people to watch this show because it's uh. What is it about? I think we put it on the social media, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, it's a documentary series. Um, I think it's nine episodes. Um. And it's about Flint, Michigan, and the uh, the water crisis that they were having out there. But it also it, it follows a, uh, the Flint uh, police department and just kind of the struggles that they have, dude. Apparently, like Flint is was rated one of the top five uh, most violent cities in in all of uh, in all of the United States. And um, and I think they went from three hundred cops to I think at the end it was only like ninety or something like that. And they they had to you know. It was four cars literally patrolling the entire city, um, so it, it's just crazy. It just chronicles like the the struggles that they have, and and just kind of the the struggles that the entire city is having on top of the water situation. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with that, Flint, Michigan, even now um, doesn't have a safe uh, water supply, drinking water. Um, they they made a switch from. Uh, I don't. I can't remember where they were pulling their water from, but I think they moved it over to the Flint, uh, Michigan River, uh, which was highly polluted with like uh, iron or something like that, and it actually killed a lot of people, dude. Uh, so even now they haven't been able to resolve the issue. So that's like a big, you know, it's a big topic, a big thing that they're trying to figure out. But um, yeah, so it, it just, it just, you know, it, it starts I think in 2006 and goes up until 2017. Um, so. This uh, camera crew was just following this police department for like two years, uh, so it's just really cool. Like I mentioned, I, like I described it to you guys, it's like a mix between cops and like True Detective. Kind of has like that whole type of feel. Um, it's it's like super gritty. It's like super visceral, and it's just it's it's good, dude. You should definitely watch it. Cool. Hey, uh, George, you're mentioning uh, something you were watching. What do you recommend for people to watch right now? Well, I don't know if it's new, but I've been watching that Jessica Jones um, series on Netflix, which I think is pretty good. Um, uh, I like the character. It's really, she's a very dark character. And uh, I mean, she's she's drinking whiskey at like nine in the morning. Beautiful <laughs> girl. girl. I mean, you, you almost can't stop watching, <laughs> watching the show because the girl is just so attractive. But um, it's a really dark character, and, and I find her really... Uh, compelling um uh i mean her superpower is you know the super strength thing which which is fine um she seems to be a really good pi i just like the story cool jessica jones something that we like so definitely uh something that we recommend you guys watching we know turn on your mic i started watching (laughs) seven seconds oh is that any good (laughs) Yeah, dude, I like it. I dig it. It's good. 
Um, I want to pause and talk about like the cinematography. The cinematography is really good. Like there's a beautiful shots on there. Um, just, and I, and I point that out cause I feel like, um, there aren't too many shows that kind of focus, especially like Netflix originals or just, just TVs in general, TV shows in general who focus on like on great shooting and great cinematography. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that really set it apart. Where is seven seconds? Where can you find it? It's on Netflix. On Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Oh, and man, I was just, and Regina King is in it and she's just great. Um, She's a, is she the detective on there? No, she's not the detective. She's the mother. The mother. That's she's okay. the mother. Um, but Regina King's like really great. She has like a lot of emotional. Can, can I just comment just one one thing on 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 this? Seven seconds on Netflix is a go, but a Steven Spielberg movie that's a no go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. just throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah. Well, there's 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 a there's a difference though. Because you already paid for Netflix, so now it's just a choice of what you're going to watch. <laughs> but if you're going to go watch a Steven Spielberg movie, you got to double your your Netflix thing. Uh, Netflix <laughs> you okay? Thing. You okay, there, buddy? <laughs> yeah. So scratching my legs. <laughs> Looks like you're having a... Watch it. Watch it. Okay. I want you to watch... Okay, here's my challenge to you. All right. Watch Ready Player One. Right. And then watch two episodes, three episodes of seven seconds. Then tell me what you enjoyed more. Seriously, you relay your messages through him. Yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Do it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you through Jr. Okay. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you accountable it. to it. What right. are you watching, Jeff? So Jeffrey <clears throat> Khan. I started Jeff watching is- a documentary uh, written. Uh, not written, but directed by Mark Duplass. Do you guys know mm-hmm. Mark the Duplass? Duplass brothers? The Duplass brothers, actually. It's actually written by the Duplass brothers. Mark Duplass being probably the more famous one. He's the one in front of the camera. He's uh, It's funny because he was on The League, but he also does other more serious stuff. Dude, uh, what was that movie where he plays like a stalker or something, like a killer? Uh, the... Um, it's like Creep or the, something like that? The Creep, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I heard that's really good. I haven't seen it, but I heard he's really good in that. Yeah, I've seen clips about it. Uh, but yeah, so it's written by... it's. Uh, Written directed by Mark Duplass, it's a crazy documentary. It's about six episodes, I believe, and it's about it's called Wild Wild Country. It's on Netflix, and it's a documentary about um, a cult that in the in the eighties around nineteen eighty, I want to say nineteen eighty four, I think around there. And it, it was the stand. My bad. Um, the um, it's a cult that they moved over to Portland, Oregon, and the people that were there. Uh, already, like the um, little community that was there, it's called Antelope, right next to uh, that little place, started feeling like very like threatened by this community. But this community, dude, it's so crazy. They uh, uh, bought land in Portland, Oregon, and they made their own city. They, there were so many of these followers of this cult that they became their own city there in Portland where they, they passed their own legislature. And, and because there's a, there was... Loophole in the in the in the state constitution so that they could actually build their own city. They build their what? own airport, their own police, oh, their uh, city hall, and all this was legal under there. But the people that were on there started claiming that they were doing illegal stuff, and it's just the FBI got involved, the ATF got involved. It's just crazy how how it all kind of developed and stuff. I think so, I heard about them. They're called. They, their, they were like rigging elections and and. 
they were called that Reg, Rajnishis or something like that. R- Rajnishis or something like that. They even called it the city of Rajnampur or something like that, where they, in Portland, Oregon. What? It's crazy. It, and I mean, it could be a little bit slow and it might be boring for some people, but it's kind of uh, interesting to see how these people and how the people outside, simply because they didn't understand them, became almost violent towards this group and stuff. So, and then the group also, they were doing bad things on their on their side too. So it's pretty interesting on both sides. So it's called uh, Wild Wild Country on Netflix. So uh, there it is. That's some Jim, Jim Jones stuff right dude, there. Yeah, dude. They reference Jim Jones, Jones a lot. Town, dude. They do? Yeah. They, because it's they have a lot of common with Jim Jones except if, uh, with that type of cult where it almost seemed like people, these people were brainwashed. But, but they didn't do anything... They didn't commit suicide. Didn't commit violence. It was in that type. Oh, that's nuts. They so the, so is this colony or this cult still like active? Now, it pretty much, I think after the events of what happened there in Portland, Oregon, yeah, they pretty much got like oh, okay spread out and wiped out. Because that Jonestown thing was sad, dude. Yeah, dude, it's crazy when you hear about that kind of stuff. So, the, so the fears about Jonestown kind of fed their fears about this cult as well. Yeah. So that's kind of what kind of got it going as well too. It's crazy. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, and Mark Duplass does some pretty good stuff. So I, I like that guy, it. Mark Dumas. Duplass. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Duplass. But anyways, hey, so we came coming to the end of the show. Uh, Uno, why don't you go ahead and uh, announce a couple of things that we're doing? All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. First of all, thank you to our guests for whoa, whoa. coming on. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks a lot, George. Thank you. And once again, his website is magnusmanhart.com. So you can get a little peek of the story. And can they buy a book now? No, they cannot buy a book now. But like, come visit magnusmanhart.com. Come, uh, come visit the website. You'll you'll hear all about the story. And I'm hoping that I will have a signed book deal by the end of this year. Hey, fingers crossed. Oh. Hey. Okay, so thank you once again. Um, and then to anybody listening, uh, we just want to say, please share, help us out, share the podcast, put it on your wall, tag us, let us know that you're sharing this podcast and we will be selecting a winner, a random winner. Who's going to get two movie tickets on us because we want you to have movie tickets when infinity war hits theaters in about a month. That's right. So next month. So next week we're going to have our magic. What did we call it? Magic eight ball. We call that segment? That was Magic March. Magic March. No, but I know, but we called it Magic Eight Ball or something like that. No, we call it Magic Ball. Magic Ball. There you go. Oh, yeah. But it should be Crystal Ball. Um, pause. Wait. Hold on. What? Also, we have a blog up. Uh, Javian talks about. Oh yeah, we got a new blog. The beautiful world of inspiration. Yup. So, um, dude, it was a great read. chime in. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was inspired by the Welcome Home video by Spike Jones. Uh, he did kind of a, a little commercial, a little mini movie for the HomePod that's coming out. Um, it stars, uh, Ficka Twigs and Anderson Pock. And, uh, it's just, it's amazing, dude, when, when you see it, it's just, it's, uh... It's, it's visually... It's like a stunning, surreal experience, yeah. dude, because it, it, uh, it's almost an aesthetic where you can just kind of, you can you know, feel what you see and, and, you know, see what you hear. And it's just like an enthralling experience. So, um, I just kind of wrote that, wrote about that a little, um, and just kind of the, uh, the effects of inspiration and when it hits and, um, how you should kind of, um, you know, 
uh, take advantage of that whenever it happens. But uh, yeah, it's up there right now. We also have another one coming up by a special guest writer um, who has an issue with an app that uh, recently <laughs> came out. So that that's going to be up on the blog soon too. So uh, make sure should be up this a, week, right? Should be up this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're trying to keep the blog uh, going one per week. But hopefully, with your guys' help. We do need more writers out there, so if you guys are willing to write some blogs for us, that'd be great. Uh, just so we can get some more stuff up there, uh, more frequent every week. Absolutely. So, so check out the that, the blog. Go to the betareport.com. Uh, go to the uh, blog section. You can see all the previous blogs that were written, and uh, check them out. You'll have a good time. You can also listen to some of the past uh, podcasts there as well. So make sure to check out all our social media pages at the Beta Report on Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram and next month we'll be giving our predictions for April and of course we'll be talking about some of the big stuff that's coming out for the whole month so whoa, whoa. for the beta report this is Jeff the con this is Jay the Zuno. interesting one the most interesting <laughs> member of this <laughs> podcast that should be put in a book hint you're like, hint you're like wink a math wink problem dude I'm just like I'm like a Rubik's Cube dude you you're just like need a calculus problem and I'm like <laughs> a puzzle being done by a two-year-old <laughs> you're like a haiku written in elvish Ooh. oh that's that's interesting and we got uno uno <laughs> i'm not that Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, once george. again thank you to our special guest george the nice. honorable the admirable totalitarian totalitarian the completely wrong i am interesting george i hate you <laughs> till next week peace